Lucius mustn't get his evil hands on that alien ship. Welcome back, nobodies. Your favorite Doom Patrol podcast this side of the glow in the dark protective cover sheet. My name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And my name is Nathan. You can find me on all social media at No Clutch Nate. And today we are talking about the comic book issue Unstoppable Doom Patrol issue number two also titled Worm's Eye View. Nathan, how you doing today? I'm doing okay. I'm uh yeah. I'm in it. I'm I keep on having the realization that this is uh, a, a six-shot series. So this is a uh, book 2 out of 6 and boy could it be any more of a book 2. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious what you mean by that. So um yeah, you know, talk about we're in it. I'm currently in a uh, ferocious Florida thunderstorm. So we'll see. I see the lightning uh, from all the way over. That's real insane lightning that's happening uh, off in the distance. And, oh, you can see it outside your window? Yeah, you like it's clear it. like directly over me, but like on the horizon is just like these super ominous, just lightning street clouds, like horizontal lightning, you know? So yeah, they're going I think it followed sky. me because I was over in Castleberry today. Um, which is local talk, but um, I was over by where Nathan lives. Not to say he lives in Castleberry, because I wouldn't give out his information like that over the internet. <laughs> but uh, I was, yeah, I was, I was over on uh, by Nathan's neck of the woods, and uh, yeah, that's where I was um, running some errands, and that's also where I read today's issue. I picked it up from my uh, my local comic book store, then went all the way over to. Uh, your area and sat in a doctor's office and read this book and boy does today's uh comic book it it got me on the the emotional spectrum i should say this this book uh kind of bringing you back into the old old doom patrol feels of just like there's like this massive feeling of like ominous terror and and just just straight up fear right but there yeah. always seems to be like something else that is happening in the works, and again, that's what I mean by a, this is more. A, it's a book two of a book two. If you ever book twoed something, this book, um, it it did so. It did it best than most, I would say, when it comes to Doom Patrol uh, honoring the past trying to do something new. This book, I, I think this is a, a, a grade A book. I, I w- I'll, I'll go ahead and grade it now. I think this is a fantastic issue. I think I was I was freaking out. I wanted te- to text you, obviously, but of course we're doing this podcast, and that's why we do it, so that I can geek out with you online. Of course, if you have your own qualms, I'd love to hear it, but um, I, I love this book. To me, this book was a solid um, 100, and just to give it, uh, straightforward um i think the the synergy that dennis culver and chris burnham have in this series it, it feels like two people who um are in sync with each other they're sitting next to each other they have this osmosis of like 
what is it about Doom Patrol that we love and how do we want to show that yeah. in the comic book? And, uh, you know, it's the way I would describe the writing and how it um, trades off with the drawing is that I feel, it feels like Dennis Culver writes um, subtle, like, and never has to explain, over-explain, um, I, not to put someone on, on the burner, but like uh, a Green Lantern comic book can have paragraphs of, of speech text to, to explain what's going on. And with Doom Patrol being so established, it never feels that way reading this this series. It doesn't feel like, okay, we're only six issues. Um, let me write down this uh, cover letter to, to inform you of what the situation is. Uh, Dennis Culver will write what is most needed if you really need to know something, which is between you know two characters and we're introducing a character and what their status is with the Doom Patrol. But if it's not important... Um, he can write that here's a character and then Chris Burnham will, will join in, draw out the rest of it in the background so that if you look at the drawings, it paints its own picture, tells its own story, and you don't have to worry about another speech bubble saying, you know, X, Y, Z happened during one, two, and three. Um, so there's just a great partnership in my mind that's going on with this, especially um, when you... S- when you when you get to about the second page in the book, um, or the first time it shows the shelter, which is like the Doom Manor, yeah, great uh, cutaway, this. amazing, right? Yeah. Like, and it just it, it it is it's like a cutaway book, right? Where it shows the entire Doom Manor, and then it's it's like a little I Spy book. You can see all the little details of the whole uh, pavilion, and then he, he goes into each room more specifically. But the whole book is going to do it. And, and so as you r- go through the book, these panels will tell stories about what the characters are, uh, where they're at in their life, and, and, and who's involved. And if it's not important, there's no speech text to say, oh, this is this person, this is this person, you know, this is what they're doing, or this is what's going on here, this is the status of their relationship. Um, it, doesn't, uh, it doesn't over-explain, which is, which is great. It, it's like Culver understands... Burnham understands, and they they have a way of, of trading off the details and making both feel really important. So it's just great synergy uh, in this book. And um, you know, I was I was impressed with with the first one. I thought the the first issue was a, was a great start um, for the for the Doom Patrol and to introduce Batman is always like you know Batman's always there for um, a, a a DC character that's not. Um, is always there to help out other DC characters, is what I'm saying. Um, whenever I think Blue Beetle right now has Batman in Blue Beetle comics, and again, that's to kind of help out with the popularity because Batman is always going to sell. So putting Batman in Doom Patrol, and then also having Dennis Culver, um, kind of lay it on Batman by saying he's not helping those who really need help the way that they need it. It, it was just like a really good way to start the Doom Patrol off. But this comic book, to me, I mean, I, I loved it wholeheartedly. So, um, but yeah, Nate, I would love to hear, I would hear 
uh, some of your macro thoughts on this issue. Um, it was it was excellent, and like I said, I always have to keep reminding myself that it is a six part series. So then it just always kind of falls back to well, what is the larger story that they're trying to tell in these six parts, and is it all like a self contained thing? Are we ever going to see the unstoppable Doom Patrol after part six? And that kind of already answers your own question when you're like, ah, absolutely, they're going to keep doing something, you know. Um, we've worked this freaking hard to have Doom Patrol in this amount of popularity, so f- f- fucking ride that wave. <laughs> like, I've been yeah. waiting for this shit for 20 years, you know. Um, it, it's it's excellent. And I mean that it's a book, too, in the sense that it is, again, like, just setting up. It's setting the stage for the big bads or just, you know, whatever that, that outside influence is going to be and kind of get you a feel of where the Doom Patrol sits within the DC universe right now, especially after this Lazarus Planet thing. Which, by the mm-hmm. way, they're like the number one squad, apparently, like after this big event, right? Because they're the ones doing damage control. Justice League isn't doing shit. They're all incapacitated, you know? Batman's still just he's he does it you know what doesn't he do let's let's be real um yeah it, it seems like with, with a lot of the aftermath of Lazarus planet uh it, it it seems like uh yeah everyone is is all hands are on deck to to help with this metahuman crisis that's that's happening it's almost you know this gene bomb redo that has affected uh everyone and you know, if only they had called it Gene Bomb instead of Lazarus Planet, it would you know be more, uh, more on the nose. Full circle. But but uh, yeah, and so seeing how Justice League members like Batman are dealing with it, and then when Doom Patrol steps in with issue one, it's like this is how you do handle such a crisis. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and yeah, it, it makes the Doom Patrol look like that is how you should go about it. What they're doing is. Um, morally ethical yeah. to to helping those that need help, and, and that you can apply to real life those that do need help, both men- mentally um, or, or whatever their their status is socially, and and they are here to help those who need help, which is what we're going to get throughout this entire uh, issue. You see how the Doom Patrol is trying to help and rehabilitate these characters. Mm-hmm. Um, you you mentioned big bads. And um, in the last issue, we saw uh, General Immortus was was kind of uh, teased a bit throughout the the first issue, uh, but then it ended with with establishing that uh, General Blanche is is working with Peacemaker, and of course within the the DC cinematic universe, Peacemaker is is, is a huge asset in uh, James Gunn's new uh, roadmap for. Uh, the DC Cinematic Universe. So we talked a little bit about, you know, if he's planning to connect the cinematic universe with the comic books and video games and all that, um, you know, if there was a way to Flashpoint connect this current Unstoppable Doom Patrol, I see it. Like, I see the kind of connective tissue that he can easily do. Um, And, you know, it would be cool to see it. Um, because this Doom Patrol is probably uh, the most 
uh, all their Doom Patrol we've ever seen. And yeah. uh, it, it's like they've got their shit together kind of thing. Yeah, Better I than any Doom Patrol we've ever seen before. But it this also, that, that tr- comes with the amount of experience that is like who is on the main team. And now we also learn that there's multiple teams in this book right now. We got issue. it. So that's another thing. But like, yeah, yeah, you're right. The main, I think they call it the field team. They know what they're yes. doing. And that that's so cool because that comes so much from experience. Um, yeah. And, you know, the only other thing that it's uh, the Beast Girl and Beast Boy kind of change or whatever, it seems very alike. Um, mm-hmm. Beast Girl is acting very much like how younger Beast Boy was in older Doom Patrol things, from what I feel. So it yeah. feels very nostalgic, very established, and we already have a good background on four out of the five members of this field team right now. We have such a good background on Robot Man, Rita, and Negative Man, mostly from the show, and even Jane as well. Like, we get a scene with Jane doing her arguing with with the personalities in the underground, you know, that kind of whole thing. It's like, dang, so we know where we're at, and we know where we stand with this Doom Patrol, which is something that's really cool because it kind of, it minimizes that... Uh, self-destructive aspect that Doom Patrol always has, especially with mm-hmm. being a team and working as like a cohesive unit rather than just doing willy-nilly for Niles Calder because Niles Calder said so. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, but it also doesn't... Um, it doesn't uh, ignore it either. Like, it does a great job saying um, this team has made a lot of progress is what it says because it, it explains like therapy... And, and training and rehabilitation and all this stuff and says that we've done that, we've been doing it um, just because they all look perfect. It's they, they look much better off because they are moving forward. They are they're getting better. They're, they're helping each other. And so it, it shows progress, which defines for any new reader that they were once at a low point. And so it really helps people see a a progress of these characters and yeah like what you said about the tv show also um passing the baton onto this comic book um rita far is is is, like i said the way that chris burnham can tell a story by drawing there are cells of of rita far uh where she's at in her life you know we have flex mentalo in in today's issue, and and Flex Mentala and Rita Far are are a couple in this, and you can see in another part later um, that when she's she's alone privately with Flex Mentalo, that she can let go of um, kind of her stress, and as she de-stresses, she kind of unravels a bit. She, she kind she of she melts into him. Yeah, which is and sweet. It's it's nice to see her like I guess like she's like literally uptight all the time and then she gets to just unwind and melt down a bit when she's um, when she's comfortable and so it, it's great to see that um, I love Beast Girl I think she's a great uh, character like you said she she takes up the mantle of Beast Boy uh, quite well and she's you know she's um, like spunky but like. Uh, it, it's like if any if, if you know if anyone were to, to to grab your hand and be like oh let me show you around the doom doom yeah. patrol shelter it'd be like 
wow, I feel so welcome here. And, it's that childlike you know, so innocent side that you have to have in the character that, that appeals to the younger kids, right? <laughs> or just kindness. Like, isn't that what these freaks and monsters want? Is just a little bit of kindness? Not degenerate. Degenerate is just... I don't know what's going on with that guy, but uh, yeah, it's just it's just showing people kindness, yeah. really, and that's that's always the best start to helping those that need help. So, yeah, it, it's there's so much to talk about in this one. Um, I want to skip to the the very beginning, the first page here, or actually, um, I want to talk about this comic book cover variant. So, uh, unfortunately, I could not get. A hold of the one in twenty-five Jorge Molina uh, Doom Patrol variant, which is the one with Robot Man pointing to the back of his white jacket, which is a beautiful cover. Um, my comic book store is looking for one for me, but they couldn't get one in time for the comic book came out today as we're recording, so they couldn't get one of those in. Um, I think they said some of them were damaged and they're they they had to order a new set to come in. Um, I don't know if that's just an excuse, Nate, that you guys say. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I mean, good excuse, whatever. But <laughs> yeah. But I did get the glow in the dark one. So last week or last issue, they had the the Crazy Jane scratch off mirror one. But this one, this uh, issue comes with a Larry Trainer glow in the dark uh, variant, which is very cool. It's a really cool embossing feeling on it. I know this is kind of like a a visual thing for a podcast. It's probably not the best to explain, but you can look it up online or go to a comic book store and pick one up. Uh, unless you're Nate and you buy it online. Uh, but also what was weird is uh, there's like this protective piece of paper mm -hmm. that gets stapled onto it. Is this familiar to you? Have you ever had a glow in the dark variant? No, I've never, that's a new, that's new to me. Um, I'm assuming that's just so it doesn't get, exposed Worn to the out. light all the time i guess or? yeah that's what i was thinking like oh you got to protect the glow in the dark quality it's like a, it's it's a, it's like helium it's finite <laughs> <laughs> yeah. all the all the glow in the dark is gonna evaporate all the, all the juice is gonna go away yeah <laughs> yeah um, like all the uh, that's what the, i'm thinking but is that does the sheet does that plastic cover itself glow in the dark or no does it shine through no, if you turn the lights it's off? like they took a piece of eight and a half by 11 and just stapled it to each each issue um the, the cashier at the comic book store was like this is an interesting cover and i was like yeah it's actually on the end you have to go past it and they go oh there it is so they just thought it was like an all-white cover what like uh, beatles album yeah like <laughs> yeah doom patrol white was what they're calling it yeah. doom patrol white team uh yeah so just beautiful cover by the way it's fantastic nate i don't know if you have a um do you have any favorite quirky variants that you that you own? Anything off the top of your head? Um, God, there's so many. Um, there were some really good um, Transformers versus GI Joe variants that I have that are just like really cool artwork. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the ones that like I actually set aside and wanted to have. Um, and it's just like your favorite artist that you're you picked up from yeah oh god it's just so many honestly yeah. um i'm drawing a blank right now for specific issues or specific books we talked about the lentennial ones i thought those were really cool oh yeah um yeah they have some now 
uh, over in, in uh, on the DC section, and I guess they're like Batman or Joker comics that are going on right now. But it yeah. looks like they got their kid to draw the cover, and it's all like crayon and oh, that stick was cool. Figures. There was a while where there were some issues that were having. Um, they kind of had that, so it was a sheet of paper, but a little bit thicker. Um, but instead of it being blank, it was uh, just like the inking of the actual cover. And you could, like, mm. color on it with colored pencils. And I remember I had a Green oh. Lantern one, and it was, like, you know those, like, therapy coloring books that are really small spaces, and you're supposed to just, like, yeah. go? It was, like, that. Adult coloring book. Yeah, it was adult them. coloring book variant covers. Those were really cool. Um, that is cool. The hip-hop I variation like that. covers, but that was from Marvel, but those were just those are just awesome to begin with. Oh, um, is that like run the jewels and, and yeah, like there's so many yeah. they did. There was even yeah. some like coming out two years after the fact or something like that, that like never got released. And they're like, Oh yeah, by the way, there's this hip hop variant that was supposed to come out. It's like, dang, you're still making those. I mean, don't, don't stop. Those are awesome. <laughs> don't like, let me stop you. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't yeah. know you were still doing that. Um, yeah, th- there's, there's just always been really excellent ones. Um, even that George yeah. George Perez Sirens had had some pretty cool variant covers that were yeah. also done by him. And it was like, oh snap, we just you want just more George Perez work. Yeah, I saw one today at the store for the Curtain Titans run, and it was like the the seven main Titan characters. Uh, and it almost looked like it was it was drawn by George Perez. I didn't catch who actually drew it, but. Um, they they do emulate his style very well, and it was like Starfire, Raven, Beast Boy, Speedy, all of them, Nightwing, but they were all like in on like a big like Wayne Manor love seat, and they were all dressed in like this um, prom gowns, but they'd all look like their uniform, and so Raven had this magnificent like purple feathery gown with like a train. Was it supposed to be like prom pictures? Prom was happening it, right now. So. It looked like a, well, more of like a gala, I should say. More oh, adult, okay. like more gala. I well, they're teen, teen titans. titans. Come on. What so teens are prom, going to right? a gala? Nothing. Nobody. <laughs> they're not inviting kids to those things. Are you kidding me? But yeah, I, you have to look it up. It was a magnificent cover. But I, I would love to hear um, from the listeners, if, you know, if, to share if you have any magnificent variant covers or anything crazy, interesting that you want to show off. Um kind of like the glow in the darks or the crazy Jane variants. I'd like to know who who got one of those scratch off variants and which character or personality that you got, but yeah, these these variants are uh magnificent, I should say. And I I don't know what's coming up for issue 3, 4, 5 or 6, but um yeah, keep them keep them coming cuz I am a sucker for these these weird interesting variants, these playful variants if you should say. Um but yeah, for um, you should just sign the, up for like a diamond account, and just so you can like <laughs> just get the, yeah, just get the weekly book that has like all the covers and stuff and all the lists on it and, and whatnot, or the monthly. You know what? Let's create our own LLC. We'll put your address <laughs> as it. You have plenty of comic books. You can say, yeah, I'm you know, I'm selling these. Yeah, and then we just money launder, not to money launder, but to comic book launder, and so. Yeah, <laughs> somehow get comic books i'm sure i'm sure someone is doing that out there in the u.s um you don't wind up with 65 copies of i, I don't i don't know what's green a, arrow what? number one yeah like <laughs> i gotta Which get rid I, of these things what am i supposed to do yeah um so th- and that was another weird thing is i 
I was at the comic book store, and some of the comic books were upside down. Is that is that a symbol for something? Um, no, it's um, no, it's not. It's just them taking it out of the actual diamond box and putting it up on the shelf as is, because they'll get shipped. Uh, you know, a few of them will be with the spine to the left, and then they switch it around to the spines on the right, so it evens it out. So, like, the books aren't leaning all on one side. Oh, okay. Um, so that's, so that's just, just that's just them putting it pull, pulling directly out of the box, flipping it around whichever way it needs to go, and putting it directly on the shelf. Okay, because I kept seeing that so much on all the shelves. Like, some variants were upside down, and some of them were straight up, and I kept thinking, like, does that mean something? No. And it's also just stacking. Like, it depends on what kind of shelves that they have. If they have, like, the leaning hanging over ones, like, you're probably going to want to stack it like that as well. So it is still, like, even and not falling off to one side. Because just yeah, cause it's really just because of the spining. Binding. Okay. Whatever. Now I get it. It's both. Um, okay. So today's issue, Worm's Eye View. Explore the world's strangest superhero's new headquarter, the Shelter, as they welcome their brand new member, the Worm. Catch up with Niles Calder, spoiler alert, Mento, Flex Mentality, these are spoilers, come on now, and more as we learn terrible secrets that could bring the new team to their knees before they even have a chance to get started. Mm. There's a traitor in the midst, and it's not who you think. Um, it's not, oh, I get it. It's not who you think, because it, you just said it's the worm, so why would you think it's the worm? Because it's not the worm it's the worm ah it's a it's a bit of wordplay there a little bit <laughs> a little bit just a little bit yeah but yes uh flex mentalo in today's issue niles calder in today's issue did you see that one coming because i didn't i did not i did not at all i but uh you know i questioned it didn't know where the guy was uh was he dead you know, it's kind of kind of hard to believe that unless you you do some sort of stunt like turn everybody into zombies and have them eat their head, then you're really like, okay, he's dead. You know? Um, yeah. This. Yeah, and, and you know, it's it's interesting because uh, it will establish a lot of characters, past, present, future. Um, right off the bat, we we are introduced by the the worm, which will it will be revealed that this is a a, a Suicide Squad member. Of all of a sudden, um, but it starts with rescuing the worm and Velvet, which is the the worm within the worm, uh, and uh, it's it they're they're rescuing metahumans, and I and I guess the the trap that is set here is that Peacemaker is attacking metahumans with his peace hammers. I, I've never heard of, I don't know Peacemaker lore. I'm not really interested in in all that. Stuff. Did you watch the uh, TV show? I did not watch. Did Me you watch neither. No, I didn't. Now we're gonna get guff because of that. So I don't really know. Well, but you know no, because I draw, I draw the line at um, vulgar humor now nowadays. Sometimes I I can't tell the difference uh, in comedy anymore, and I don't, I can't tell if it's enabling that type of behavior or enabling the behavior we... of James Gunn's wacky, wacky and overly <laughs> exciting my beautiful talented mind or whatever the fuck they dark, fucking dark said twisted, about him. yeah dark twisted fantasy that's no, a kanye west album i agree uh, <laughs> <laughs> it is i agree with you i really do um sometimes it is uh just like over the top because because why because deadpool 
Like, you know that's why. It's like, that, yeah, and, Deadpool and that would... sold so well. Can you imagine if Ben Affleck's but... Daredevil sold just as well as, like, what if that movie came out and blew people away like it did, like Deadpool did? And it, like, just, like, people were losing their shit over fucking Daredevil. We can Which we can make should, a really good yeah. comparison here because we are talking about Doom Patrol and Deadpool is the Merc with a mouth, right? But Deadpool's so, so told. <laughs> Deadpool's behavior is marketed to be enabled, and and people look at that and they go, "This guy's awesome." And then the entertainment is also the education that says, "This guy is awesome." really like this guy and, and get behind what 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 Deadpool's all about. Um and when you compare that to someone like Robot Man, which is the member with with a mouth, right? Um Robot Man is very crude, but Doom Patrol never says be like him. You know, see monkey do 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 what monkey do. Um, robot, it doesn't do that with Robot Man. It says, look at how vulgar Robot Man is and then know his pain and then know that he is trying to work through it and trying to be better. And, and you see that in Doom Patrol. And so, um, with Suicide Squad, sometimes I want to, I want to see that similar to Doom Patrol where it is. Um, these uh, dogs of war, these these slaves, I, I should be honest about it, these slaves have to, to work for and die for the government. And uh, some of them, I, I think in essence, they are trying to repent for their sins. They are, they are, they are in hell. Um, and those that don't um, are, are cast into damnation, right? They're killed off. And Characters like Peacemaker, are, I think, are rewarded for not repenting for their sins or trying to be better. And when you see characters like um, Deadshot um, or uh, uh, whatever Aegis Elba's... Um, was he Sportsmaster? No, he was... Um, which one was he? Deadshot, I don't know. Um <laughs> dead shot right they're trying to repent for their sins and that's the, that's the doom patrol vibe i i try to blood sport sports master blood, blood sport. sport that's a yeah sports master um, was he sport yeah. okay so like um i you're right you're absolutely right and this is like why this is you can go i don't that's why we, it's it's hard to call it vulgar from where like robot but like people like robot man come from and stuff hell there's even some batman issues that'll like have him being a being a mean guy and you're like yeah but it comes from that established character um so i agree with you we'll, we'll, all that all that and stuff yeah I, I i just think like if someone told me oh you should watch peacemaker he's really funny I'd be like, I'm not watching it then. But if someone was like, you should watch Peacemaker, it's like an excellent character study of a fucking psychopath and, you know, just how this uh, jingoist, like, soldier is just in his own mind about how, you know, you know, the American way. It's like American Dad, right? Duh, it's like American Dad. Where it's like, you kind of laugh at him. You, can't, you shouldn't be laughing with him kind of thing. Yeah. Um, 
to be so 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 stuck in your way to ignorantly uh absurdly patriotic or whatever the hell yeah. he is yeah and and maybe that is the case for peacemaker i wouldn't know i'd have to i'd have to sit through the show and brace myself the entire time to find out but anyways the peacemaker in, in this in this comic book is is similar i would think in in the way that i would want peacemaker to be in that it's like you can see what he's saying to be psychotic and you can see it making sense to that character. Uh, yeah, you know, later on he'll tell the worm like, "This is why I don't go to therapy. There's yeah. no such thing as choice." And it sounds so silly, but it makes so much sense when someone is that um, brainwashed. Yeah, as someone like Peacemaker. But like, it's also it, like a guy that was like raised only on GI Joe. And John Antics. Wayne. Yeah, like, it's exactly what it is. And it's like, that's... <laughs> that's patriotism. Hey. Um, so, him being this uh, villainous figure in this series, I think is way cooler than having a whole television show where it's supposed to glorify his vulgar antics or, or what have you, just for the sake of it being... John Cena doing a Deadpool. Like I'm, I, I'm over. Oh, I'm yeah. done with it. You know what I mean? Like I don't give a shit. Yeah. But I would rather see where they take this more American-based Amanda Waller mentality, and not just mm-hmm. like, you know, not just so much as we're using the metahumans as a weapon. It's like okay, well, yeah, but then why? Why are you using it as a weapon? Because you're working for the American government, right? But like, have your patriotic dude that you know doesn't go to therapy and isn't in touch with reality or anybody for that matter and is just a psychopath you know that's yeah. cool to see as this villainous as figure that as, yeah that you can already attention uh, uh you can just tell that he's going to have some sort of yeah wacky pitfall you know it's like if grant morrison had said like what if truth justice in the american way was like a villain, like what if what if a villain said that? And that's that's like Peacemaker yeah. for Doom Patrol, and it, you know it just it makes sense in that in that Doom Patrol DNA, um, and yeah. and yeah, like you said, it's a it's a great character. Uh, we see it now with with shows like uh, The Boys, which with someone like Soldier Boy, or you know, like the government being like, you know, here's your here's your new superhero, fresh out of the box. It's you know Major Chip Hazard peacemaker you know uh, so yeah it's a it's a fantastic fit for doom patrol and um you know this villain being like this is the american way this is how you should be and then doom patrol someone like beast girl um being like the world is weird and you've got to learn how to help those who aren't normal because no one is normal um so he he fits right into that bureau of normalcy uh, the the peace hammers, the big robots that are like the sentinels, they kind of remind me. I, I'm more like a uh, a warhammer thing. Like they they seem like warhammer suits. I, 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 if someone plays warhammer, they probably see it. But it, I I don't think this is. I think this is a new thing. I don't think peacemakers ever had peace hammers, sentinels. But uh, yeah, it seems like it seems really cool. Seems it's like a, it's from, a pretty it's a pretty big deal that they got. Mechas now. 
Yeah, they said that this was the government trying to. This you know, is how the government wanted to respond to helping yeah, metahumans with giant just, robots like Tony yeah, Stark. Militarization and the shit, of the police, Ultron type shit. Of thing. Like we saw this yeah. movie already. This is how you help those who need help. Just giant robot destroy the stomp city. them until they want to be normal. Yeah, yeah, just beat them up and lock them in prison. That'll make them normal. sarcasm um <laughs> so yeah um well let's let's talk about a few of the few of the characters I, I i can't really go into detail about the shelter you guys have to read it to to believe it it's it's beautiful artwork i i do no justice trying to explain um the beauty of uh chris burnham's work here it is such a beautiful um cutaway of like the shelter and the layered tier kind of like this beehive of of the doom manor like a doomsday uh, fallout shelter oh you didn't catch on to that one what do you mean no i didn't i oh, wow. I, I, I honestly didn't but yeah i do like yeah it makes sense yeah right? doomsday with their whole like one. x-men training facility as well that they got down in there yeah see that's why i have you around you know, I'm sure there probably is some some old X Men artwork that this is that that there's something very much like this with a. Uh, you know, the school for. Wacky wacky kids, gifted wacky students, kids. gifted <laughs> gifted youngsters. Star, sorry. School for. X X kids. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it says somewhere in Kansas. I thought that was. Um, like a tongue-in-cheek, like, you're not in Kansas anymore, but you, but you are in Kansas anymore, kind of like a uh, I, I didn't jab. catch that one, but that one works uh, just as well, you know? Yeah. And I like their little jet copter. I, that was one of the things that I looked at closely, too. I was like, I like this little, you yeah. know, they, they they were driving the Doom bus in issue one, but now they have a little little jet copter, and I, I like that. It looks like um, something you'd see in, like, a, an old boomerang. Uh, yeah, right. It show. does look like a '60s esque sort of uh, Fantastic Voyage kind of Star Trekky, uh, Lost in Space kind of shuttle that they got going yeah. on, which is which was really cool. I um, liked it. Yeah, it's still like keeping up with that whole like '60s aesthetic as well. Even their, um, you know, their their super suits that they have very reminiscent of, uh, you know, 1960s spy team up or whatever the hell. Absolutely. And yeah, like I said earlier, uh, in, in another episode we did, it would be great to see multiple teams of Doom Patrol. And sure enough, this with this fully established Doom Shelter, um, to see multiple members of, of Doom Patrol and they classify like, oh, there's an A team and a B team. Uh, they call it orange team and white team. Just fantastic thought bubble brainstorming of of both Culver and, and, and Burnham. Um, I love this. I love this little doc sheet. Uh, I love like just the design of this paperwork and, and that they said, you know, there's an orange team and a white team and that it would include Flexman Tallow and, and all these other characters that we're going to see here. Um, I mean, where do we even start? You've, you've got, uh, Obviously, you've got the core team. The orange team is is your core Doom Patrol team, Negative Man, uh, Rita Farr, Robot Man. But, like, the supporting team, the white team, I mean, you've got Flex Mentalo. Um, Mento is, is a pretty big character, and uh, Mento is 
kind of kind of scary in this issue. Like, I don't know what's going on with Mento, but um, I mean, Willoughby Kipling is in here, mm-hmm. um, and um, Hank the dog, I think, is in here. Uh, there's a there's a sad moment that I want to get into some of these members, but the ones that are currently there, uh, Lotion the cat is here from uh, Gerard, from Gerard Way's, Way. Uh, yeah, and also that that, yeah. that fire kid. Uh, Whatever his name was, it's not Jason. Lucius um, Reynolds. Lucius, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lucius Reynolds. I mean, there's there's Doctor Harrison, Crazy Jane, um, the Chief. Uh, I think there was one more personality. I can't remember. Um, but yeah, there there's there's so many characters here. Oh, um, Simon from Lazarus Planet Dark Fate, which was the prequel comic that we talked about. And, you know, they go and they help General Blanche. And it was a soldier that got the gene bomb hit them, the Lazarus genes, whatever. And they got turned into um, this Simon Says type of metahuman. And it meets they meet again here because since he's a soldier, he refers to Larry Trainer as Captain Trainer. And he tells him to drop the decorum. Um, but, it, yeah, you, you see... Um, all these characters already coming back. And so, uh, like I said, past, present, and future. And then um, and then we get, like, when I tell you this book hit me with the emotional spectrum, it was this Robot Man part that made me, like, I, I closed the book so fast, and I looked around, and I was like, do I text Nate now, or do I have to wait? Because this Dorothy Spinner part threw me upside down i i almost lost it here and i was like i was like on the verge of crying because i was not expecting this you know for those that don't know i think uh dorothy passed away in in the 2004 run um it was right before the new 52 it was one of the last runs of doom patrol i think it was the last run before gerard way um but yeah, he visits Dorothy. He lets her know like how the Doom Patrol is shaping up and this connection between Robot Man and Dorothy. And then it has like this past, it's like an, almost like an anime shot uh, of like the past team with like now Niles Calder when he was the chief, uh, Dorothy Coagula is in here, which is a great nod to Rachel Pollock. You know, rest in peace, Rachel. I should have taken a moment to to honor her, but she did so much for the Doom Patrol universe. Um, like, no one could have taken the mantle from uh, Grant Morrison better and, and did such a great job. Um, like, that whole 80s run, people will always um, pay respects to Grant Morrison, but Rachel Pollock is, she she carried that series very well. And so we also see Ray Jones here as Poopa uh, from... Um, the Geomancer Wars from Grant Morrison's run. We see some classic um, drawings of, of Robot Man and, and Negative Robot Man and Negative Man, um, which shows it's like you can see Chris Burnham drawing Robot Man in a different style. So it, it, I love to see that 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 he he chose to draw Robot Man differently, and it's that kind of range that it's like oh there that's that's why you're here because you you are doing it so well. Um, Joshua Clay's in there. Crazy Jane's in there. Um, it's just fantastic. It's just a fantastic moment. And it's one single page. Like, this comic book, this this 
issue number two, like, I love this thing. This Everyone who loves Doom, Doom Patrol or likes a TV show, honestly, you got to pick this one up. It's really good. It's fantastic. You call it an anime shot with the... Uh, uh, cliff standing at that dorothy's grave and like we said before we know chris burnham's been diving into those manga into those old mangas right. that he's pulling from so i mean i wouldn't yeah. put it past him where he's like oh yeah we gotta do this um honestly but yeah it, it looks really excellent to see just the fact that all of that stuff in the past wasn't retconned or anything and it is still a continuing future um i'm still on the fence of where a timeline exists, if one exists at all, or if it's all just kind of shared or anything. Um, but hey, I'm in it for the ride because uh, it still is really cool that all of those things from the 80s Doom Patrol still carried over. Like, even mentioned when, when you know, Cliff was coming out to, to go see Dorothy's, uh, Dorothy's grave. He mentioned about, you know, if Jane wanted to go and, and the chief kind of took over and said, we'll schedule for, you know, Jane for one of your guys' excursions in the summer. Like, we know that. We know that uh, Robot Man and Jane go off on adventures. And if you watch the show, you know that. So, like, you know that they have a deep connection to each other and just how they paired off within that group. Um, so it's just really cool to see, like, all of that still continuing on. Yeah, absolutely. I, I I like the tease about Robot Man and Crazy Jane and uh you know, I like I feel like they're they're saying uh, Culver and, and Burnham, they're saying we will show you Crazy Jane. We will come back, but right now we we're, we we want to show this tension between Chief the personality and Niles Calder, which was just Dr. Niles Calder now. We're no longer referring to now is called her as the chief because that moniker is being used by Crazy Jane, which is a fantastic moment in the book as well. Um, that that is when Dennis Culver says, "I need to write some exposition about these two. and like that's what I love is that he does it when it's necessary, and then writes the chief laying it on Niles Calder about his current position, um, and and in the past and the troubles that that Niles Calder caused the Doom Patrol. So it, it's a great moment between Niles Calder. I wasn't expecting it. I was like, again, one of those things in my mind was blown. I was like, Niles Calder's back in this. He's alive still. He's not uh, just ahead. Uh, so it was such a, a wild moment for me. Um, and then um, uh, Beast Girl shows Worm... Uh, their the therapy section so um we see degenerate leave therapy uh and this is very classic of anyone who's um got anger management issues and dealing with therapy um but uh this character jerry the therapist um is this a character you're familiar with because I'm, I'm drawing a blank but it sounds familiar to me but i may be drawing a blank here i don't think so um but I'm but I'm dumb, so I don't remember a lot of things, you know. Yeah, sometimes no. there's a lot of characters, and I can't remember. Um, <laughs> um, oh, speaking of characters, there was also uh, Danny was mentioned yes, again as in well. this, and that also broke my heart because of the the text between Cliff saying that Danny is not responding and maybe choosing not to respond, and so that also broke my heart a little bit. Everything about Robot Man in this book broke my heart. It really made me tear up. Um, 
really resilient uh, character, honestly. I mean, like, the fact that they... uh, Yeah, like, going through all of it, really, and just surviving. It's what he was supposed to... It's what he's meant to do, though, you know? It's his whole... It's his whole shtick. Nearly indestructible. (laughs) Except his heart. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So, um... Yeah, so we meet Jerry, the therapist. Uh, it's m- multiple personalities, I, I guess. It's a um, fifth-dimensional very... being personality. Yeah, we see all these Tetris cubes, which are... It's a beautiful splash page by um, uh, Chris Burnham. To it, it, It's psychedelic. It's weird. It's, it's uh, kind of scary. I'm sure if you were on some sort of psychedelics, this image would really freak you out. But it's, it's beautifully done. Um, fantastic work of art for this character's face, and again, this goes back to we were talking a little bit about uh, Chris Burnham and and Frank Quietly. This is like, this is where the line work on someone's face can like really scare you, and it's because artists like this can can really uh get those details to to gross you out. But I liked the uh, kind of spongy looking Tetris cubes that were in the uh, yeah in the in, in the galaxy there, so. Really interesting character. Um, I don't know if we if we see into the worm's mind from from the therapist's point of view, but there is like this single page here that doesn't seem to do with anything in the rest of this issue, and it's about a Japanese girl. Um, a portal opens up and tells this girl. Um, in kind of like just just like pink sundress, and it just says time to go to war. Um, and then she responds with no. Um, and then and then it just ends. But like it looks like her world is being absorbed, and almost like the 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 cell of the comic book is being absorbed, like into the into the. Uh, oh yeah, I get what you mean. The, like the yeah, the panel itself, the page. Yeah. Yeah. What is it called? The white space. The the negative space. The negative space. space? Yeah, right? Yeah. Or source wall. That's what I'm thinking of. Source wall. It's almost like it's um, being absorbed into it. But yeah, which we haven't seen something like that since um, uh, Mr. Nobody, right? Um, Mr. Nobody did that in, I think, the TV show and, and the books. It just could be like, oh, we're here. We exist in here. Or um, who else did that? Uh, Mr. Mixiplex? I can't ever pronounce that correctly. That's, that's close enough. That's good. Yeah. Um, yeah, so something happens with this Japanese girl. She gets taken away, um, by a mystic portal or biblically accurate angel, if you will. Uh, but yeah, so I'm not sure what's going on with that character. Um, and then, you know, the worm has second thoughts. Uh, Peacemaker reveals that the worm is a Suicide Squad member, uh, they have to do this and then sends the worm within the worm, which is known as Velvet, to go spy on Niles Calder, who is up to something, as he always is, with Mento, as they always are, <laughs> as they have created a second think tank, um, which this is what Peacemaker wants uh, to be destroyed. And... Um, then the worm kind of tries to betray it, and of course, in unfortunate Suicide Squad fashion, the worm uh, meets his end, meets their end. Um, 
So yeah, it's a just just kind of like a dark ending for this book. Um, I I don't know what the goal is now. Of course, we're, we're supposed to be in suspense here, but what what would be what are the clues here so far? So that now's Calder, he's no longer in charge. He keeps advising that he has, you know, uh, his his con- his console is that he can lead the team um, to greatness. He's created a second think tank with Mento. Mento seems to be on board with whatever Doctor Niles Calder um, wants, and it may be like the the original Doom Patrol team trying to trying to. Um, cry mutiny basically um, but then we have to think about um, General Immortus who's on the board again and we've 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 stomped out Brain, Monsieur Mala and General Immortus are working together and then Peacemaker's caught in the middle trying to trying to destroy this so Peacemaker kind of acts or I should say Velvet acts as our exposition on, on the on the inside villainy of Dr. Niles Calder and Mento. And um and then we, we have to think about General Immortus. So there's there's a lot to think by the end of, of this book, but I was curious uh for you, Nate, if there was anything that crossed your mind uh from this revelation. Um I think the fact that Mento is back in a think tank is is pretty big. because um, that's kinda like, you know, amplifying powers and Who's to say where it stops with Mento and and the mind ability? Because uh, you know the 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 mind is the most uh, powerful weapon or whatever that phrase is. The mind is mightier than the pen. Is that it? Um, I think the pen is mightier than the sword. Well, no, well, which I don't whoever, know. Yeah, whoever gets a sword in this book will know that they're gonna be. I've never been in a sword fight, so I couldn't tell you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's starting, really by the end of this, it's really starting to look like um, whatever Peacemaker is doing with the Justice League of America, or whatever the hell he's calling him, his unit, um, I don't I don't think it, it it's paling in comparison to what the actual Doom Patrol uh, knows what they're doing. I, uh, I, I'm a firm believer that the Doom Patrol and the Chief are, like, ten steps ahead of them and know that, like, the Peacemaker is trying to, you know, is right on their tail with, with wanting to catch all the metahumans and use them for whatever they're going to use them instead of rehabilitation and all of this stuff. So, like, we have to believe that the Doom Patrol is not dumb. They were dumb when Niles Calder was calling the shots and all he was doing was worrying about himself, right? They're not mm-hmm. dumb when the chief personality of Jane is in charge now. Um, and that's like something to really, like really stand by. Um, so all of this stuff with the whole Suicide Squad tie-in, again, really cool um, to see just like, you know, it's it's like having a Suicide Squad ending in a Doom Patrol book. Um, just like how we had kind of like the Batman ending in the first book. Um, it's really cool to see that the connective tissue is still there within the universe. Um, and like I said before, Doom Patrol seems to be the only one that are correct for dealing with this Lazarus planet outfall, fallout, whatever that, <laughs> whatever it is. Um, yeah. They're, they're the most ones, you know, that are the most well-equipped to deal with this kind of thing. And uh, we're going to have outside intervention try and fail 
just like how we saw in this book, um, question mark, because Velvet now, yeah. like, you know, that it's whatever their plan is, is like, ha, well, now they're never going to expect them. Okay, and well, like, can't like, you just, like, also do that Psychonaut read mind thing into the worm Velvet as well and just be like, oh, well, <laughs> I guess, like, you're getting controlled by whoever it is now. Um, it's almost like, okay, so what's the worm going to do? Yeah, like find what, another what host, maybe. That's, what's, that's what it has to do, right? It's got to have a host of, of some sort, so... Yeah, they said something like it, it could it could gain another host or create yeah. another construct of conscious or something. Something, it was it was too techie of a word for me. I just thought, okay, maybe it just finds another host. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what's going on with Mento is is like they've they've taken Mento and the Think Tank, which I uh, think Think Tank was in um, Grant Morrison's run. I don't think anything happened with that Think Tank. I think you know it was, it was something that happened that Niles Calder was was working on. Um, to be a think tank, basically a supercomputer, kind of like a um, brother eye or Oracle or anything like that. And um, but this seems like it might actually have a, a bigger plot now, especially that Mento uh, could be think tank too. Not just that um, um, that there is a think tank too. It's just that it's an apparatus for Mento to be Charles Xavier, right? Like super Charles Xavier yeah. helmet, like all seeing eye type of thing. And, um, that, that's not good <laughs> because of course the only one who should have total, uh, controlling power like that is of course, uh, the United States of America. So peacemaker obviously would rather have that power and therefore should destroy it. And I think that's the logic there. Um, but yeah, I don't know what, what, what else could the uh, could Velvet offer? What Velvet the Worm? What else could it could it offer? Um, I don't know. In this moment, moving forward, but what, what I, I'm glad do? you. Yeah, what else does it do? Uh, if it's just a worm, then what what the worm do? Um, the you you brought up Doom Patrol and Suicide Squad. We actually talked about this a little bit. Um, in. Um, this show, Doom Patrol Season 4, because Mr. 104 has been introduced into the show, and Mr. 104, also known as Mr. 103, is a Suicide Squad member from the John F. Ostrander uh, comics, the original run of Suicide Squad, and Ostrander wrote um, a crossover called Doom Patrol and Suicide Squad um, back then, and I I think we, we talked about this, about like, oh, it would be cool to see that again. And if we go back to the connective tissue of James Gunn's new DC Cinematic Universe roadmap, and, you know, yeah, Peacemaker and Suicide Squad, um, if you were then to, to roll in Doom Patrol and talk to Brendan Fraser and be like, hey, do we, you know, this is an Oscar award-winning actor now, do we want to roll him into the DC universe and, 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 you know, you can get all Hollywood marketing, uh, ideas from there. Um, the idea of doom patrol meeting suicide squad and having a new crossover, um, I think is, is a very, very good idea. So, um, I think there's a lot of potential for that. Um, a lot of momentum for that as well. So um, this could be but a taste of such a thing. But yeah, overall fantastic book, wouldn't you say so? 
I would. I'm just thinking of like the connecting pieces between Suicide Squad and Doom Patrol. Like one is wacky and weird without having a choice, and the other one is wacky and weird with embracing choice. So it's like, in my mind, they can't be more the opposite of teams. Like putting them together, like having Robot Man, like write what he did on you know one of these last panels. Like if he had to sit through and and watch a whole other team one by one's head explode, you know what I mean? Like that's that's got to do something to you. That's got to piss you off a little bit or or something. So it, it's it's fun to think about, but it it kind of yeah. makes you like want to think like, "Oh man, that'll that'll fuck up people a lot more than <laughs> Yeah, that would be so so than the yeah, doom, it, than, than the than suicide squad members gaining conscious, you know? That's that's better. Yeah. Yeah, redemption, absolutely. I guess. There's no redemption in those kind of aspects, but then the Doom Patrol is like all about redemption and second chances and and Suicide Squad's like, No, we you we're taking that away <laughs> from you. Like, no. One is like, We're here to make we're we're here to help you with your mental health. And the other one's like, We're here to make it worse. Like yeah. <laughs> get out there. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah. That's terrifying. So t- yeah, absolutely terrifying. Um so yeah, I, I think there's a lot of potential and momentum for for that, and um, you know maybe that's that's where they're headed to, and maybe after Unstoppable Doom Patrol, there's um, well I guess we'll have to see it at the end of the issue, but I think that's that may be where we're headed, um, and like you said, it's it's a great dichotomy between Doom Patrol and Suicide Squad that they're really tapping into here, um, so. I'm curious to see what happens next. I'm I'm hoping maybe in the next issue we see more about General Immortus and and how that's going to start connecting back to uh, Doctor Niles Calder and in the second think tank. Um, but besides that, that's all I had for this one. Uh, Dawn of DC is looking looking pretty good. It, you know, it feels like I'm getting back into New Fifty Two again. I've I've said it multiple times, but uh, I am excited for for some of the things that are here. Um, so, um, it looks pretty good. Again, my one complaint is, uh, a lot of ads in, in these comic books nowadays. I, I don't remember there being so much ads, but it seemed like every page turn was, was taken up by a full advertisement. So, um, I don't get it with the price of comic books going up and it filling up with more advertisements. Shouldn't the price be, be going down? But, um, Maybe that's a little too political, and we'll have to get in that conversation later. But that's, uh, why, that's why people buy trades. Yeah, yeah, honestly, yeah. So there are some of these books I'd like to read, but I'm going to wait for a trade, especially for um, Superman, since I already missed out on issues one and two. So, um, without, uh, I think we can go ahead and start wrapping it up. So if you guys enjoyed everything you heard, you can find us on all social media at Radio Doom Patrol. Uh, but most importantly, we are on the Dueling Genre Network, so DuelingGenre.com. Uh, there's also a Discord if you want to chat there with other people in the network who produce shows or other listeners of all the other shows. And we even have a um, a text chat in the Discord server for uh, Doom Patrol Radio where you can join us there to talk about the comic books or talk about the TV show that's going on. Um, there. Also want to start talking about Titans soon. So, Nathan, I don't know if you heard, but uh, there might be another Doom Patrol crossover episode in Titans, so we will be doing an episode on that. Um, 
I don't think you need to be caught up on the show to to enjoy it. I think it's more of a titan that is displaced into the Doom Manor. So it's really more so if you um, know Doom Patrol, I should say. Um, but it deals with, with someone who is affiliated with Doom Patrol, so I'm excited to see how that one uh, turns out to be. But yeah, we're, we're talking about Doom Patrol there quite a bit in, in the Discord, so definitely check it out. And um, there is, of course, a, a Patreon, which if, you're, if you love the show, um, first things first, five-star review. That, that would be the, the best way to help us out on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. That's really where you could help us out. Um, a five-star review helps us tremendously. It helps other people find out about the show. Um, but we also have a Patreon for Dueling Genre. It helps the entire network. And I think you can pay as little as three or five dollars so it's really nothing that 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 crazy so um please look into supporting us if you love the show and without further ado dj please take it away